Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations, first down, play it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braided. Facts, keys to the city, we unlocking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a show we got for you today. Postseason is underway, about to be. We'll have all of that. Joe Aguirre is going to join us in a few minutes. We got NFL. We got college football. Danny Dimes. We'll get into that. What an unbelievable debut. Power rankings. All the good stuff here at Keys to the City. You can check us out on Spotify and YouTube as well if you missed today's show. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. 162 games. Not yet. It's coming down. It's coming to an end. 150. Baseball. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> but it's coming down to the end. Finally, the longest sport in our country. It takes forever, and we're waiting for this moment. We are finally here. All the great home runs, the historic home runs this year, the most home runs, records. And it's only going to get, I mean, with the way baseball is nowadays, it's only going to rise. Teams breaking their own club records. We just had a 300 home run team last night, the Minnesota Twins. There's been so much good. Strikeout, the strikeout record. The strikeout as well. But we started with 30 teams. Now let's be realistic. There's going to be coming down to 10 teams. I know there's still a team in Cleveland that's fighting for their life, but it looks like their season may be coming to an end. A short, and this is a team that we predicted to get to the playoffs in both of our preseason picks. But we are going to be down to 10. And we are going to be joined, and I think he's currently waiting. If he wants to, if you want to get Joe Aguirre, Joseph, come on in. You are welcome as he's walking in behind. He's coming in. But it is now, ladies and gentlemen, postseason time. See, look, he's getting the entrance. What are you, Triple H or something? <laughs> we started back in April, Joe. All the ups and downs. What to expect from the Boston Red Sox? What to expect from the Philadelphia Phillies? These were all questions. Were the Red Sox going to repeat? The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, all these great teams. A lot of disappointment. But we are down to 10 teams now. Fighting for the richest prize in all of baseball. But we're going to start. We'll make our predictions in a few. But we got to start with our New York Yankees. I can't tell you enough about this team this year. And I keep saying that the, if, if this New York Yankee team does not win a World Series this year, it'd be nothing but sadness because of what this team has dealt with and what this team is continuously dealing with and still dealing with the injuries, the suspension of Domingo Herman. It's been one of the most unusual years as a Yankee fan to see where they are right now. First in the AL East, not going to get the number one seed. But they're in the postseason. They are one of the favorites. I love how you changed your persona, though. When we first used to talk about this last year of the show, and then when we started, you always used to word the disappointment if the Yankees win. And Joe, so Ted, I've been saying, and you're, you're like you're like a sound like a Yankee typical fan because as a Yankee fan, you have a high expectation of win, or if you don't win, everything's a failure. And it's not a failure. Last year wasn't a failure, no. even though I mean it was a disappointing year, and you always want to beat the Red Sox, and the Red Sox being you is always hurt, hurtful and disappointing. Mm -hmm. I will say this, though. 
if they don't at least make the ALCS, it will be a disappointment. It won't be sadness. It will be disappointing. And, I'm, and, and it's not a knock, and I know we'll talk playoff predictions later, but it will be a disappointing. But it's unbelievable where this team is going. I mean, we're literally three days away from the season being over, and I just can't believe there's so many question marks with guys like, are they going to be healthy enough to participate and have a factor, which Sanchez hasn't played yet, and he's supposed to be coming back. You know, Carnacion, Gio gets hit in the hand this week. Torres has an MRI. It's just like it's a never-ending story with this Yankee team. But it is an incredible story of how this team has overcome and moved forward and has won, you know, the second most games in baseball. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be – right now they're in third place, but it doesn't matter. For Before I actually get into it, one of your predictions when we had our preseason, you said no team would win 100 games. I want you to know that. Did I say that? Swear I to God. Down. We checked it out yesterday. I meant four. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? But, Joe, you do a Yankees podcast. We're all excited fans right now. Yep. It's kind of like the Red Sox a year ago. We all anticipated that the Boston Red Sox would be in the ALCS, if not the World Series, if not winning at all. They did just what they started from right from the beginning. The New York Yankees look like they've been on a mission all year. Yes, they've had to deal with obstacles. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's not even a word. It's just It's been injury after injury after injury. It just continues. But this team yet still finds a way to win. And is still one of the best teams in baseball. What are you expecting from this New York Yankee team? Come next Friday, could be on MLB Network or Fox Sports against the Twins. Do you remember in June and July how bad the starting rotation was? Oh yeah, we had we had arguments here, literally arguments. How how bad they were, how they were trying five six, and we need and we needed to find another. Remember, we were jumping down Hapso. Paxton hadn't hit his full stride yet. Her, we, got into, we got into heated de- uh, arguments about, oh, they got to go get Keuchel. They need to go get a pitcher. They got to go get this. Well, Severino was still out. Hap was p- pitching poorly. Paxton had not hit his stride like he has. Tanaka, you know, he gives you two good games, and he gives you that bad game. Then he had two good games, and he get, you know, and everything was, like I said, like a seesaw, up and down. One, you know, one week you bash a guy, and then he had a good week. The next week, another guy was Seemed bad. Like it always happened but there was so much inconsistency, and you're right, Joe. In June, you're wondering – how is this team going to manage? And because it's not about the regular season for the Yankees. We know that. It's all about the playoffs in the World Series. And that's, it's wondering how can you get that team and that unit to gel to be ready for playoff baseball because it is a different – listen, they talk about it in every sport, hockey playoffs, football playoffs. It's a different mantra. Everything is tighter. It's a different, it's it's, a different field than the regular yes, season. Sir. Since September the 1st, the best pitching rotation in baseball is in New York. It's not in Queens. It's in the Bronx. A 2.59 ERA since September 1st. Since the second week of August, I mean, all of them have been on fire. Paxton, 10 in a row. Look where Severino's at. Tanaka's an interesting case. I think Tanaka is going to be, in my mind initially, I had Domingo Herman starting a game at home. I thought that was necessary. Tanaka's 8-3 with a 3.10 ERA at home. Uh, three and five on the road with a 6-16 ERA throughout the two Red Sox games. It's a 4-3-6, but you want Tanaka at home. I have a feeling Sebi probably probably goes game one. I, I know about, that seems I crazy. Was just, I was just about I, to ask you. I think game I one. Sebi's going game one. Game one next Friday. You expect Severino to be? I don't. Yeah, because he's pitching Saturday. I think it would put him on. Well, Paxton pitches tonight. Yeah. And Tanaka pitches I th- Sunday. I, I don't. I just, so, so I don't oh, know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Joe, I no, don't know. Listen, I, I, Paxton? Joe, this, Paxton's he's been, been lights great. out. Joe, I, I, I kind of like, and I'm not trying to cut you off, but I kind of like the way it's set up. You have Paxton game one. Let's get the game one at home. Come back with Tanaka game two. He pitches better at home. And then game three, you do kind of the opener. You know what I, I also? I would do the opener type of thing. You either start Severino for three or four innings, or you start Chad Green and bring Severino in for that one for that, you know, the next three or four innings. Because I think what their expectation is, let's get Severino a solid five innings. He can give us five innings in the postseason. You know postseason. why I think Paxton's a start, start lefty? Minnesota's a, do, a righty, right-handed dominant batting team. Then you don't yeah. want the Bring lefty. In the, start. You don't want a lefty because... I want, a, I want no, Paxton. No, you want a righty versus a righty. I right. want, I want, no, I want Paxton. No, I'm, I think Paxton, no, I'm with just the saying, way he's in been... baseball matchups, Trev, I, you want righty versus lefty, lefty no, versus No, I know lefty. that, but I also, team want, that's so I also want the hottest pitcher on the Yankees right now, and that's James Paxton. He's been dominant. for, But also, Hap's come on as of late. He's looked great. I mean, that's the thing. It's amazing. This ERA, this team that we bashed... Throughout the year, and I think that was the one consistency that we really harped on all year. As Yankee fans, and us three, I think we all came to an agreement that the pitching staff was the biggest question mark. But now you look at it, and it's come down to crunch time. They're getting, they're getting great I at the right like time. I would like to say, while we acknowledge that the pitching staff was a problem, I've been saying all year, and you guys remember we came on here before the deadline, I told you they don't need to make a move that they have the guys that they need, the guys that they have. We knew Paxton could pitch like this. We know Tanaka In the postseason, he's a big-time pitcher. We knew, you know, there was some concern. People were like, well, Severino, how do we know if he's going to be good? Because that's what happens. When you haven't pitched all year, you've been rehabbing for a couple months, you come back right where you left off. That doesn't surprise me. Hap's last four starts have been fantastic. Yeah. Obviously, he pitched bulk the other night. Looked great doing what I'm that. Noticing. Hit with Chad Green makes a nice what combination. I'm no noticing, he's getting the ball down. He's not a yeah. lot of his stuff when he was early on. He was getting killed because it was all up here and people were just hitting. It was a home run derby every time. The biggest, Hap was in. The biggest biggest factor. I'm just and I just thought about it. I think for the Yankees is winning the division and having the whole week off. Not having to worry about playing Wednesday or Tuesday, that gives the guys an extra three, two, three days of rest. And really, right now, the biggest thing that the Yankees need right now is rest. They need, they need rest because you need to be going in guns blazing because we're going to be playing the Twins. And this is not the normal Twins that we've beaten. I saw in the paper this morning, 10 straight games. We've beaten 10 straight games. Beat them last year, then we beat them two 3-0 and series in the wild, the wild card series. It's going back to 2004. They've met 15 times. And uh, I'll have to look at the paper, just double-check the record. But they've been so dominant against the Twins. But this is not the same Twins team. They don't have an ace pitcher. They don't have a Johan Santana, but they have good pitching. They have the kid, Jake Orieza, and they have the kid, your kid, My who boy. took for the Cy Young, Jose Barrios. Barrios. But we just said it. You started the monologue. Home runs has been a number one talk in baseball this year. They just became the first team in history to hit 300 home runs. They can hit. And if you remember the season series about a month ago in Minnesota, Yankees could have got swept. Mm. That was an incredible series. What a catch, Hicks. That was the last Yeah, that was, that was one of the best games of baseball. It's, I'm just saying this is a different team and pitching and hitting and rest for this team to have Sanchez yes. back to have Severino have the full week of rest to get all the work and to get all the pitchers ready to get 
Glaber Torres back to where he needs to be. Gio gives a couple days a hand rest. Stanton can get the body back to where he needs to be. Judge, listen, this team, it's all about rest. This is like a football team who needs the bye week. And I and you said it best. They, they, they clinched the division quite some time ago. They're fine with it. They're not. They know they're not getting the one seed. That's fine. It's gonna run through Houston. I don't even. Th- I, I don't know what to expect from Houston this year because Correa also is dealing with a back injury now. And yeah. Hopeful. They're so hopeful. He'll hopefully be back. That, that could be something to keep an eye on. But the Yankees rest is the most important thing. Get this team a hundred percent and ready to go next Friday. Against those twins. Because it's, it's going to be a slugfest. Sure. Look, it's been clear. I don't expect the ERAs to be uh, low. I don't expect no, them to be good in the series. Look, this week the Yankees took their foot off the gas. I, I kind of suggested yes. that might be the case. I don't think that they think that home field advantage is as important as we all do. Because they think they could, they're could. they that good. They're that co- savages. Yo, yeah. Now, the argument I've heard is, look, it's the postseason. Guys don't hit the ball out like, uh, you know. Do you know why? It comes so what, all of a sudden they're going to make softballs? Well, right, the right, right. Make soft? I was say, you know, here's the thing. This season is unlike and anything we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you say? 13 teams set a yes. high a yes. franchise record. Including records. the Twins, 13 teams. Atlanta, Boston, Cincinnati, the Cubs, Houston, L.A. Dodgers, Milwaukee, the Mets, Yankees, Oakland, San Diego, and Washington. Remember last year? And Arizona and Cleveland are pacing through that. 261 so last year, we were like, oh, my God, you'll never see that again. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? There's like three, four teams that have beaten 260. Don't worry. Next year, we'll have 400. I no. think the advantage the Yankees Imagine have. what the Yankees would have had if they had a healthy team. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's yeah. right. The advantage the Yankees, I think, have is they hit home runs off elite pitchers. Yes. And, and you know, it's funny. And clutch the, spots, too. Right. Clutch spots when the there's Yankees two outs. What the Yankees' record versus Baltimore this year? 17-1. and one. 17 and two. 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 They had the two losses early in the season. Remember and yeah. Everybody yes. lost their mind. There was we did. talk about changing the, the scheduling. Do you, know what, um, do you know what? Do you know what? Houston's record was against Seattle this year? No. 18 and 1. Wow. Oh. They beat the crap out of the Rangers. They've been beating the Angels mercilessly. Yeah. And the only team. Oakland is the only that, team that plays them well. And Oakland put up three touchdowns on them the other, uh, yeah. like a week ago. So, so here's the thing. You could say what you want about how good the Astros are, and and look, the the, the top three in that rotation are fantastic. But would you, here's the thing: would you, would you rather play Baltimore, Toronto, and the Rays, or would you? And the Ast- the Astros have to play the Mariners, Angels, and Texas. I don't know about you, but as bad as the people say Baltimore and Toronto is, the West with the, the three teams I just mentioned: the yeah. Rangers, Angels, and Mariners. All three of those teams are a lot worse and don't give the same competition. The Blue Jays are competition for the Yankees. Yeah. And, Trev, just to go off to what I said, I have the exact stat. The Yankees in the last 15 games are 13-2 against the Twins, and they've won 10 straight postseason games against the Twins. I wanted to say this, how we were just talking about how the Yankees don't worry about the the home field advantage thing. You know why? It's because they're bullpen. Yeah. They have the best bullpen going into the postseason, they know that all they have to do is get a one-run lead might be enough. Where these other teams like the Astros, the Dodgers, the Braves, well, the teams did, that are going to be competing. Two, the they team, did blow two that, games That is true. That is true. Which has come but, back to haunt them a little bit. But that's why going into the postseason, 
I don't think they really care about not getting home field. I don't think it bothers them as much because they know Listen, that at, they're going in wait, with the best the bullpen by far. At the end of the day, you got to end this postseason. Who's to say? Because this apparently is a foregone conclusion by literally anybody I know who what likes you're baseball say. It's Houston that and- this is going seven and that it's going to be Yankees-Houston, right? It's been decided the ALCS for the third year in a row. Houston does not want it's- to see Oakland. Oh, I agree. Absolutely I agree. Not. I mean, they'd rather see the Rays or the Twins, yeah, but it's yep. not going to happen. I'm not, I'm going to make the thing. I think it's going to be Oakland playing them, and Oakland in the last few months has given Houston everything they can handle, and especially now if Carlos Correa's back injury is a that thing could that could be something to keep bothering I said throughout the postseason, especially early. Listen, there's no guarantee that Houston makes the LCS. Now, there's no guarantee the Yankees either. That's the thing. That's there is no guarantees. The I'm Dodgers. Pretty, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident. I would I'm about a 90. Oh, yeah. I'm a 95 percent confident twins, level. I'm confidence always level. In. Confidence level. I expect the Yankees and Astros 95 percent. And I think they it works out better for the Yankees LCS. playing the Twins. Listen, there's a historical thing with it. The Yankees feel confident playing the A's or the Rays would not have been a good matchup. I think for the Yankees, I really don't. Just because the Rays are the Rays. So let me get they in. They give yep. the Yankees. And when they were bad, they gave the Yankees. Let me stuff. get into one of these questions. Go ahead, Bob. Is since we're talking postseason, to you. Who is the most valuable pitcher and most valuable hitter going into the postseason for the Yankees to be successful? Well, I've been saying it since the beginning of the year. I thought Severino was going to be hugely impactful. But is he the most valuable going into the postseason? He is the most valuable because with Herman out and with obviously happened Sabathia going to go into the bullpen, you, you you need a third guy in that rotation. That rotation's less scary if it's Happ or Sabathia in that spot or if you were to go Chad Green in an opener role. Then all of a sudden, Tanaka Paxton's not a- as formidable as, as you might think. I- I- I'll tell you right now, as well as he's pitched, I still think Severino is is a better pitcher than James Paxton. I really do. So that, would- that's, that's my guy. Okay. I-, I-, I expect Paxton to keep pitching like he's been pitching. I really do. To me? But I think Sevy's he's the difference maker in all this. I, w- I would say Chapman. I think Chapman needs to be dominant. <laughs> I, I say Chapman you know, because you know, I'm, la- I'm laughing. I had no problem with that. And I agree. Every, and w- what have we talked about? And you wrote articles about him. What do we always talk about back in the day when the Yankees had a one-run lead or a two-run lead going into the ninth inning? It was over. And you heard Sandman come on. You can almost feel it's like book it. It's like Brady coming into your Draft own stadium. Just book it. You're going to the playoffs. You see Brady on the road. You're like, yep. Oh God, we got to face these guys again. That's how it was with Mo Chapman. Needs to be that dominant alpha male. He needs to come in, have control of that slider, and throw that 105, 103 mile per hour fastball that no one could touch. He needs to be the most valuable. What about your Pitcher. hitters? What about your hitters, guys? For Real me? quick, their their worst month this year was the month of July, because not only was the rotation historically bad, the Chapman, but he, Chapman in particular was terrible. And since then, my goodness, that's always the Yankees shutdown. And it always is because always. two years ago, when they when they were when they were that team coming into the wild card, August is when they started hitting their stride. If you remember, yep. July to, they struggled. and to add to why I say Chapman is the loss of Patance. I think Patance is a big loss, and I think Chapman— I don't think so. I think the pressure on— But I know, but we could have seen, if this guy stayed healthy, how great he could be. He so, because we we know we know how hitters. dominant he could be. So Chapman, okay. it just gives him that much more pressure Okay, so who's your two dominant? hitters? Who's your hitter and who's your hitter? Me? Because I'll give you mine two after this. Go ahead. 
I think Aaron Judge, my preseason MVP selection. Me and you. Me and you. Me and you. <laughs> I me think you. he's going to be the difference maker. I think if if Aaron Judge has a big series, the Yankees easily move on. I think if Aaron Judge disappears, I think they're in big trouble. Judge would be my third guy. My two guys before him would be DJ, but my number one would be Gary Sanchez because defensively, not even hitting, it's defensively. He's been great behind the mound this year, or a catcher's mound. He's been great throwing people out. He looks good. Not a lot of pass balls. He still has that issue, but he has to be great behind the plate. He has to control the game, and I know how him and Severino are with a history. They, they, they just can't. It's the weirdest thing that they cannot find this chemistry together. But Gary Sanchez, I know what he's going to do offensively. He has to be clutch, though. Yep. And it all comes down to his defense. It's like Chapman. They got to be dominant. So it's funny because the reason why I was laughing is because when Joe's going, my first initial thought is Severino. And I'll tell you exactly why, and I'll make it quick. Once Herman was out for the rest of the postseason, Severino became the most important Yankee on the team. Then when you said Chapman, I go, you're right too because you're both right. You can't go wrong. Because, you can't go wrong. But I think so more so Severino because there's so many guys in the Yankees' bullpen that can close it out and take care of business. Chapman, I no, don't but worry Chapman, so. And I, he's, hold I on. And he's the guy, most though. dominant closer in the game right now. Severino. <laughs> You're off the show. Severino, <laughs> because of Domingo Herman's suspension for the rest of makes him the most valuable player because if he can come back to what we expect he – But and, hold on. And what he has okay. been, he's the most – Now, for me as the hitter, yep. you're right. When judges clicking, they're a different team. No, when yeah, Sanchez, of course, of course. he's dominant. My guy, though – it's none of those guys. Glaber. No. It's Gardner. He is the leader. When he is on base, he has the speed that no one Interesting else. Thing. He makes things happen for this team. He is the bell that gets this team going. Tate, okay? your credibility is coming back with sports, especially, <laughs> especially with that Dolphins take. I'm still bashing you for that Because, one. listen, Gardner has shown power that we have never seen from yeah. him this year. Now, yeah. you could take it whatever what it's worth with the balls and whatever, but you still hit 27 home runs, and I don't care. You still hit him. But when he gets on base, his op, his able his ability to go from first to third or first to home yep. is like no one else on the team except for Tyler Wade. Yeah. Okay? And his speed and his defense, and you could see it. When he's hitting home runs, him and Judge had this little competition going together. He's going to be gets, Judge. And he's the old Who guy. Who thought he's going to be Judge? He's man. the old guy. Listen, right? he's the old guy, but he's the leader. And things run through him. Me, and if he's the bottom of the lineup, eight and nine, because you expect DJ to get on base. If he gets back up to that lineup, and now you get DJ and all those guys, and he's on base, let me, now you think the team is just going to Let me flow. add to this point about Chapman. You said the bullpen, the depth of the bullpen. That's great. If they're great, he comes in, and he struggles. And we've seen him at times struggle. That doesn't concern you Was more than Severino because of the depth. Oh, I, that's I, I, why I, I would I would take Chapman because of you have that depth. You have Chad Green. Let, let's if say Severino struggles. Hold on, but let, Chad, let's say Chapman blows saves in the first two games. You come back and win anyway. And here you are, game three, ninth inning. I can go with Britain. You I, 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 again, you're, Chapman. I think really is the key because especially with the way the home run balls are flying. He needs to be at his best, and he's been, so I think that's great. If something were to happen to Severino between now and the end of the season, he will be replaced in the rotation by your pick, Sabathia or Hap. And that's a big downfall. And, 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 and I love both of those guys, and I think both of those guys could come up big in the right moment. I wouldn't bet the horse, no. the, the ranch on it. Okay. So that's the, to me, 
I totally see the value in Chapman, and I think if Chapman is d- the dominator that he's been the last couple months, this team could roll. Yeah. And 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 to get back to that point, I don't know that this is going to go seven. I don't know that the Yankees need seven games. Well, we'll see. To take out the Astros, and I think that's the mindset well, we'll ta- Booney's going in with. So let's get into. We made our preseason picks. Now we're going to give our current predictions of who's going to win the MVP, Cy Young. So, Joe, I'm going to start. Who is your AL Cy Young winner? Uh, I got to tell you, I've been really uh, on the fence about this, uh, but but I, I was really looking up his numbers last night. Garrett Cole has done something we haven't seen in Major League Baseball, the dominance. Fortune Hill with a 1.87 ERA. Since Roy Halladay. Since May 27th. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Uh, so he's, I mean, just. Him or Verdlander. The strikeouts. Oh, I think, I again, I looked at their numbers side by side. I'm giving Cole the edge. So this is why, I'll give Verlander. And, he wins listen, 20 this games. This is why I jumped with him because I have it right. Cole's in front at 19. Of him. So he's got a chance. Verlander's microscopic whip is .806, which is second lowest by a starting pitcher since 1961. Only Pedro Martinez is .74 in 2000 was lower. But the reason I go with you, Joe, too, is Garrett Cole, 14 and 0 with a 1.87 ERA, 18 Ks per nine since May 27th. The Astros are 18 and two in those starts. He's just the third Astro pitchers with a 300 strikeout season. Add that to the thing. It's a toss up. To me, it's a toss up. Listen, you, can you can't go, I'll tell you you can't go wrong with either Astros pitcher. About a month ago, when I was, I, I wrote an article making the argument for Herman to be in the conversation. Not that I thought he could win. And one of the things I noted about Verlander was Verlander's actually given up four earned runs or more, more often in a game this season than Herman had. Cole is less than both of those guys. Okay. He's, he's, been, he's been nearly flawless yeah. since the month of May. And to me, that that just speaks volumes. I love the 20. You know, I'm a wins guy. Yeah, I think I it know. still matters a little bit. Cole's on the cusp, though. All I right. think he might get it. So let's get over to the NL. Who do you got for the NL Cy Young? Well, I tell you who it ain't. It ain't it ain't a guy with 11 wins. His name is Steven Strasburg. He finally put together a big boy season. 18 wins, 251 strikeouts. And if you need this, nerds, a 6-3 war. He's been huge for the Nationals. This is what we've been waiting for from Strasburg for a long time. And I think he finally, 33 starts. He had a big boy, full healthy season. I guess so, I just have the ground. So I, 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 I know Trev's going to get annoyed because I'm going to go a little longer, but I'm going to make this real quick. MLB.com did a poll vote right now as of this past week. Scherzer was second. DeGrom was one. And this is, I, I highlighted this because I wanted to print this out for you, Joe. No Mets pitcher, not Tom Seaver, not Dwight Gooden, not Jerry Kuzman, or anyone has won two straight Cy Youngs for the Mets. Since May 21st, DeGrom leads the NL with strikeouts with 255. His whip is .97 and is first in every major variation of pitcher war and second with 204 innings. If he wins, he'll join Seaver and Gooden as the only Mets strikeout to have 250 batters in consecutive seasons. And move alongside Gooden, Greg Maddox, Clayton Kershaw as the only pitchers in the last half century to post a sub 210 ERA in over two year span. Um, to that, I say, big deal. That's your job. You're, so, listen, let me ask you both a question. And, and this is a one word answer, but what is the point of a baseball game? To win. Oh, in, in any sport, to, to win. win. Right? The win. The the number one reason why we show up to root our team on is to watch them win. And now we're being told by nerds with protractors 
Those don't matter. It's a team. It's a it's a team stat. Yet, when I'm looking in the win loss columns, I I don't look at my I don't turn the baseball card over. And go oh how many wins did a Roldis Chapman have this year? It doesn't matter. Even though it's a team stat, I'm looking to see how many saves he had because that's what closers do. I'm checking my bullpen guys out for holds. Don't tell me that pitchers don't win games. It's stupid. Okay, that's your whole job. We're not giving nobody gave Corbin thirty million dollars a year for no decisions. Okay, that's that we 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 didn't. But the Mets historically blew games. They didn't sign up for. I understand that, but I heard the same garbage last year. I know. And he won last year. This team is infinitely better than it was last season when all they did was go. They don't score. They don't. The bullpen's horrible. You went on got one of the best relievers in baseball, and you know what he did? He did what everybody does when they get to Queens. He sucks. Yeah, he's not wrong on that. Do yourself a favor. Why don't you see if you can get Edwin Diaz to like. Prolong his contract 35, 40 years, you Bobby idiots. Bonilla, I'm Bonilla. so tired of this nonsense. <laughs> if the ground wants to win a Cy Young, win some damn games. Do you think Strasburg's the best pitcher on that team, the national team? No. Sure. I do. Sure, sir. This season, I'm, I'm asking, this, I, season I this season, Strasburg was better than Scherzer, and I think you could argue Corbin was as good as Scherzer. The okay. numbers Scherzer are, also are outstanding, and I'll tell you what. Strasburg's ERA is a touch higher than everybody else's because of a couple of bad starts. The question will come down to Joe's point. Will it come down to analytics and numbers, or will it come down to reality Last year it came and down, It came wins. down to analytics and stuff like that. This year it could come. Let's go to the NL, AL, MVP. And the Nationals also so, are making the playoffs, too, so it does so back So the Joe's NL point. MVP, who is your NL MVP? Uh, Cody Bellinger is an absolutely sick, sick player. A 300 average, 46 homers, 114 RBI. The only other guy I really dig, and I didn't want to go two nationals, I think Anthony Ren having it, an unbelievable, like a super, superstar kind of year. 124 RBI. Contract year. We were talking the other day. You mentioned uh, uh, Bryce Harper was going to get to 100 RBI. I think Machado's in the ballpark, and I'm thinking 100 RBIs. That should be the minimum that you're doing at that kind guys, of money. You should be, if you're a superstar slugger or you want to be in the conversation for best hitter in the game, biggest run, per, you better be, you better be at about 130, 150 RBI or, I'm sorry, pay so cut. You, so I, I would go with Bellinger. He's been the best player on the best team in the NFL. And NL he's been the most year. consistent all year. Only other player I could, I mean, Rendon or Acuna has been. Has been insane for the Braves. Listen, Yelich has to be in the top. Yelich has to be, but him. I'm not going to knock him because he had a kneecap. It's kind of like Trout with the AL. I think Trout is not going to win because the injury. I mean, if he hit 50 home runs, probably for my AL, I pick DJ. I mean, I've been on DJ all year. I know he's not going to win it, but I've been on him all year. I've been wanting him to win. (laughs) The (laughs) great. Mets and Jeff Fair right Why there. would somebody walk by this studio right now in a Mets DeGrom T-shirt? He's nasty. For AL, for AL, <laughs> well, for me, you know what oh, I mean? NL, who do you got? I have Bellinger. Okay, so Wall and Bellinger. The, yes. So Wall and Bellinger. The, the AL, we I all think, thought it was going to be Trout. I think it's either going to come down to LeMahieu or Bregman. No, it's going to come down to Trout and Bregman, and Trout's going to win it because— No, I think Bregman's going to win it. Trout's going to win it, bro. It's not going to matter the last two weeks he's out. And I know. What does he mean? Because I had this argument with someone on Twitter. If it's the best player, and Joe's screamed about this, then just give it to Trout for the next 10 years because yes. he's the best player. It's What's the, the point? It's but the if Lebr- it's, it's the, the most— LeBron James thing. If it's, it's the most James. valuable player— Yep. Then we got to recategorize this thing because we know Trout's the best player. It's not an argument between anyone in the world. He's the best player. By far. But 
If your team is 25 games under 500, how can you be the best play? How can you be an MVP? Now, do I think DJ gets it? No, I no, don't think he's going to get the numbers. He's kind of dropped a little bit. His batting average is not number one in the AL anymore. Whatever. He's, he's been consistent all year. And you can make the argument that sometimes he's not the best part of the Yankees. I, that's why I think it'll go to Alex. Been, been, he is still hitting 387 I, I know, with runners in scoring Joe, I position. Well, I mean, I'm who just you saying. Got? So who do you got? It'll I got LeMahieu. It'll I probably mean, be Bregman look, or Trout. He's he's fourth in war at 6-1. I mean, I know he's not Mike I bet Trout, you DJ doesn't finish in the top is? three. And that's no disrespect. I think it's disgusting. Uh, but if, if, if it's got to go to somebody not LeMahieu, then I'd like to see Bregman get it. He had a monster year. Uh, especially with Correa being busted up And the up numbers so you much. said, I mean, we talked about it quick beforehand. The kid Marcus Simeon from uh, Oakland, Oakland, they mentioned, up, yes. and Alexander Bogarts, you know, 30 home runs, 50 doubles, 100 RBIs. Yeah, he's I know great you didn't too. make... He's been, I know he you didn't make great, too. I he's mean, been it, great. But you can make... Just, if, I had to, if I had to pick LeMahieu, that would be my guy just because of his consistency throughout. He's been the most Where important player. Where would the player. Yankees be yeah. without DJ LeMahieu? Who knows? If he would never, you consider if all the positions... You, you, when you consider everything that guy has done for this team yeah, this Aaron year. Boone doesn't if Aaron Boone doesn't make that move, who knows? I mean, he, who knows what the offense looks let's like? Let's call him what he is. DJ LeMahieu has been a super utility player this year. Yes. And super the best, utility players don't, don't have a 6-1 war. They don't drive in 99 runs. And they shouldn't even be in the conversation for MVP. Usually they're coming off the bench. Correct. And he was This the best, guy's a monster. He was the best player. A monster. And, and I, I mean. Best player from last year's free agency class. And wasn't ridiculous. supposed to start. Yes. Let's get into our playoff predictions quick. So I got the Nationals over the Brewers in the wild card. And I got the A's over the Rays. That's how I got it going. Who do you got? Same. Okay. Ted. So wild card, I had the Oakland beating Rays, okay. so that means oh, Oakland's have, going to. At, oh, you have the same thing as us. I didn't listen to what you're saying. I love. I it. I don't like listening to you. But no, I had the Yanks over the Twins, and I have the Astros Oakland, Oakland over Oakland. I do. So I just the same thing. Okay, let's get over to the divisional round. <laughs> wow, you're. So, what are you on rush hour? Oh, I don't know. I got uh, Mr. Settle down, Hi. Chris Tucker. <laughs> It's not a rush hour. It's because he's had his monster this morning. Yeah. So now he's oh, on. he did. Yeah, he's like I'm buzzing right now. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk about Danny Dimes. What do you want to know? Danny Dimes. So, what else? So the NL divisional round. This is where it gets interesting for me because I got the Nationals beating the Dodgers. Do you now? Yes. It's going really, to be a great matchup I when you like, think about I, the pitching in I that think series. his team is better off without Bryce Harper. They are a better team. I love that. The Juan Soto is a star in the making. And Anthony Rendon have they the better, biggest question marks with their bullpen. They better bullpen. sign Anthony Rendon to a long-term contract because he's one of the top ten best players in baseball right now. The the pitching staffs well, that should be do interesting you, to watch. What do you got in the other one, bud? Do you and have me? the Brewers or the Cards? I got the Braves over the Cardinals. I got an all NL so, East. I got an all NL East NLCS. So quick question. So so like that? So you had and our boy Brian Force is over there. If he heard me, he'd be happy. I got the Braves in the NLCS. Yes, sir. So what about I you, did. Joseph? Uh no, I've got the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Flaherty is you know what it having is? an unbelievable pitch. Tell me I'm wrong, Gold but Smith's the Cardinals were basically buried this year. It yeah. was like the Cubs and the Brewers. In June, they got all the hype. Right? We were talking about like, oh, this is a three-team race, but realistically, we were always thinking the Brewers. And the Cubs. The Cardinals, like Oakland, always find a way to just get in there. And you look at the roster and you're like, how are they doing it? One and that's the most, scary to one me. Of the most you can't successful, even figure out how they're doing it. One of the most successful franchises in all of baseball. And it's funny, Joe, because you picked the Brew Crew to win the division this year. Because yes. we went, we wrote down all our playoff predictions. Yeah, Ted had the Phillies. 
I had the Nats. Joe had the Nats as well. If Yelich was back in, I might take Milwaukee all the way. They are hot. They sure are. I just think. Do you think they beat I just the Nationals? Think in, a, in a grueling series like this, no. I, I think, think they beat be too the much. Nationals. I think the Nationals. See, here's the thing: the Nationals, Nationals control Scherzer. I think the Nationals are finally gonna get over that hump that everybody's been saying. We've been waiting for this team to finally. But this Brewers team is uh, is I nineteen think, and I just two, think bro, with the, I just think with the impact of not having Yelich, if Yelich is there. Changes everything because he's that great of a player. Having him not there could come down to the why. It could like clutch moments. You need a player like him to be in those clutch moments. He's not there. It's going to be tough. Listen, I love that pitching staff of Nationals right now. The bullpen is question mark. We all know that. Listen, I'm black and white on the thing. I got the Braves over the Cards. I think the Braves have the best. And you got the Dodgers over the Dodgers over the Nationals. Okay. I think I think both series goes five games. AL. I think the and the reason why I say the the Braves because I think the Braves have the best opportunity okay. to beat the Dodgers. Do we get? Do we even go to the AL because we already have our matchups? I think we're good. There, I think right? we're good. Okay, so let's <laughs> well, get to the AL. Well, we have the Yankees. The, yes, we have the same thing. Just, There's no just point. Question, I'm just going to ask. Do you think? Just real quick, talking about your Brewers, they've beat on the Reds, yes. the Pirates. Yeah. The Padres yep. um, had, a, had a series where they got beat down by the Cardinals, the Marlins, uh, Cubs. Okay, so I get – yeah, so it's teams been, that are all not in playoffs. Yes. They, they, the, the Cardinals the Brewers are – again, Good. this is the unbalanced schedule. They're feasting on bottom feeders, and it's – and but look, it gets you into the playoffs, but does that prepare you to face the Nationals? No. All right. So the NLCS for me, I have the Nats beating the Braves. I have the Nationals going to the World Series. And, of course, in the LCS, I got the New York Yankees beating the Astros. I have the Dodgers in six over the Cardinals. Okay. And I have the Yankees in six over the Astros. Yeah, I mean, mine's... Not going seven. I mean, mine's... mine's I'm going to stick to exactly what I had. In they're the, going to win. The, win. Yeah, yeah they're not going to win. Beginning of the season. <laughs> I had the Yankees and seven Dodgers in the World Series, and I had the Yankees winning, and that's what I'm going to stick with. I think both series go seven games. I do. I think the Yankees beat the Astros in seven, and I think the Dodgers end up because of the home field advantage, and they're a different team when they're home. They'll end up beating the Braves in seven, and you're going to get the ideal matchup that I think baseball's kind of wanted to see for such a long time. You're going to get gonna, LA I don't and think New it's York, Dodgers, Yankees. Hey, let's for baseball. I think they're hoping for it, but we'll see what happens. I got the Yankees beating the Nats in six. I think the Yankees and the Dodgers have been the two best teams for almost the entire season. And the Astros. Uh, Got to put the Astros there. The Yankees have been the best team in the American League. It was literally... Well, those three teams have no, been the best that, team. No, I understand that. But it's year. literally been the last two or three weeks where, where the Astros really started keeping pace and then passed the Yankees. And, 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 of course, they didn't have nearly any of the situation that or the adversity that the Yankees faced. And, and again, they've been in a division that they should have handily won... And couldn't even do that. So for all the talk about how good Houston is, you know, I don't see it. You know what everyone's going to say, Joe? They got the three big guns, pitchers. You know, they got yes. Cole, they got Verlander, and they got Greg. Hey, well, we got Severino back. That's a huge No, impression. I know. But people are going to say, like, it's like a name brand thing. Right. Absolutely. Again, if we were playing this on paper, why would anybody even show up to play the Astros? They're that good. They are. But, but which, which, you have to play the games. And when you do... Anything can happen, especially when the balls are flying out at a 12% higher rate than they have at any point in the history of the game. You're going to see a lot of home runs in this postseason, which is exactly what baseball wants. Okay. But it makes everyone... Final question for both of you. Open for business. Player or team, 
Who was the most disappointing this year? It could be a player. It could be a team. Whatever you want. Phillies. The Boston Red Sox. Exactly. Mine, would, mine was Phillies and Red Sox. Mine would be the Red Sox. Mine and Red Sox, but you know what? It happens to them. And when the they C win the World Series, the they Cubs. I think this is the final tenure of Joe Madden. I think he's done with the Cubs. I think he's going to get fired, and I think they're going to break. I think all three of us I are right. I think they're Phillies, gonna, Cubs, and break. I the think Phillies had all the hype. I think they're going to break up the whole system. They're going to they're going to start trading it. The whole Cubs the, that we thought were going to win multiple championships. I just look forward to uh, ESPN maybe tapping the brakes on on their love of the Cubs. It's been a little it's been a little much. So we're all no, I think, yeah, well, good. So we're all different. That's yes. good. Yeah, because I think that for me, the Phillies had the biggest hype going into the season with all the money yeah, they like spent Cleveland. guys. Like I think you're Browns. right. It's the Cubs. They had the pitchers. I said before, I thought they had a great five pitchers, and, and they had the Wild. Can I give you a specific guy who I thought was the most disappointing yeah, baseball pl player yeah, in the game? Give me a player. Chris Sale. Oh, yeah. I mean, we well, thought he was hurt. They said he wasn't. Got a lot of strikeouts, but pitched like garbage. Maybe uh, your guy, Kylan Freeland? Uh, he, is he even in professional baseball after a we third should, round? We should have had that on. Third guys, place guys, finish of the Cy Young. You guys make some great takes. Let me tell you about that. You were football, you were baseball, Freeland. Oh, this guy never makes a bad I take. I never make. I'm perfect. You're good. So yeah, I'm good. You're I'm good. not great. In the I'm next, good. In the next month, I will pay up just to finish off the segment. We made a uh, bet in the beginning of the season that Grom would win. You said DeGrom would not win 12 games. He is not going to pitch again. And you also said that Sanchez would have 35 home runs, but he's not. He's going to finish with 34. So the there's three games to go. It's done. He's not getting it. Well, you think he plays? Um, I think they're going to get him into at least one game, maybe maybe two, one maybe as a DH, uh, and maybe one where he catches a little bit. All right. Or at the very least, I think they're going to get him one game where he's Think about this. Well, Next week, we'll be live when the Yankees are on. Well, it's go so time. So weird. It's go time. We got Postseason time. Quest for 28 starts next week. We'll see what happens. Joseph, as always, thank you for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me on. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're talking NFL. A new segment. Neither or either. Could the Patriots and Dolphins make history? We'll talk about that. Also, we got to talk about the New York Giants. We haven't been able to. Danny Dimes. Talk all about that. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. back clovercrest media presents keys to the city if you haven't seen part of the show first part you can check us out on spotify youtube will be all live for tonight if you want to check it out so let's get in to the nfl and we haven't been able to discuss it because ted wasn't around and our work schedules are not ideal right now but sooner or later they will ted got to experience it. ted got to experience it and i just want to say on live for people that are watching right now i'm going to be honest Never thought I would ever cry in a regular season game. I've cried in a Super Bowl. I've cried in a playoff game. Added to the checklist, I cried in this regular season game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now you ask why. It's just funny. Just for people that know, it was a 34-yard field goal. And for anybody that doesn't know 
my, our family, 34 is a very important number. So to see that happen and the way they came back and the way they lost Barkley and the way Ted, and, and just to have Ted there as well, it just adds the icing on the cake. And Ted, you got to see his, you got to see one of the, the greatest quarterback debuts of all time. I mean, realistically, ladies and gentlemen, this is everything Giant fans were hoping, and this is something completely different that we're not used to because we're known as a team that drafts the, the pocket pass quarterback, Eli, Phil Sims, guys like that, all pocket passers. We have a guy now, and this league is changing, and the Giants have finally made that change. This league is going to a dual-threat type quarterback now. I'm not talking about a Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. You're going to have the old Russell Wilson. You're going to have those guys every once couple, every one couple of years. Perfect, you know, ex- perfect example is last night's game. Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz. Two quarterbacks that are great throwers but can also extend plays with their feet. That's what you're seeing now in the NFL. Now, like I said, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, guys, those are going to come every couple of years. But you're going to see more and more qu- quarterbacks like a Carson Wentz, like a Rodgers. And a lot of that has to do with the college game. And that's what we got to see finally. We got to see a quarterback that can, and don't get me wrong, I love Eli. I'll defend him to the day he dies. He's going in the Hall of Fame. For anybody that doesn't want to agree, he's going into the Hall of Fame. And if you don't think so, shame on you for thinking that. He's going in the Hall of Fame. But for a quarterback, <laughs> that for his first touchdown to make the read option. I haven't seen the Giants run a read option play like that ever. So for them to do that and for him to beat the defender outside, I was like, this is something totally new for us. And he looked good in preseason. And Sherman, oh, it was only preseason. I mean, I know he played Tampa Bay, but we were saying this was a good defense, a, a defense that likes to get after the quarterback. A week ago I, think da- I think Daniel Jones did a fairly good job of going against a professional team, a first-team defense, and picking them apart, made the throws, made the right decisions, and the man led us to an 18-point lead. Or we're down. And with our best player out. Deficit. Deficit. Thank you. And our best player out. Daniel Jones, I know it's one game, but he looked good, and I keep saying this. This is about the future. This is about the development, the progress of Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones came in. It's Eli Manning, but faster. The guy doesn't, the guy does nothing gets to him. He makes, there's a reason why David Gettleman chose him. Now, listen, I, you started the The show. The players are, did you see the the sound The experience I was able to to be down there. Listen, I was down there to be able to celebrate my, one of my best friends bachelor party. You know, we got the wedding next week, but to be able to be down in Tampa, to be able to see, you know, we go down to Tampa, like, ah, we're just going to go down. We're going to go enjoy, but to see the giants are going to play Tampa. So we're going to go to the game and then realize Daniel Jones is going to start. And then they're going to be down 18 points, 28 to 10. And then Daniel Jones is going to lead them back to a victory. And, yes, I know the Giants should have lost. Should have, could have, would have, but they didn't. The kicker missed missed extra point. Nine out of ten times a kicker in the NFL makes that. Had an extra point block. But you saw composure. He still threw for over 300 yards, 336 yards to be exact. Four total touchdowns. Four total touchdowns. Now, does he have to fix ball protection in the the pocket? Yes, absolutely. And he's going to learn. But you saw things – 
The throw on the run that he hit um, Slayton. Slayton, what a Slayton throw. What a throw. Shepard in the corner of the end zone. I saw that. It was right in the front Ingram, of Ingram, the right crossing route. First play of the third quarter. And, going and that's down. a key guy for the Giants. Listen, that's why you draft him in the first round. He shows the speed. He shows the ability. That's our Odell Beckham going forward. I'm not. I'm not. I, we don't want to get ahead Listen, of ourselves. Listen, we're going to have Golden Tate coming back in yeah. two weeks. No, be next out. week. Two next weeks. Week. This week and the next week. He comes back next week. That's considered two weeks. Whatever. All right. Who cares? The line, line for the most part, played fairly well. Played fairly well. That's what I said. I would say. Now, there's no Barkley. That's going to – I think it's going to hurt the Giants a little bit. But I think it's going to help Daniel Jones because he's going to be able – everything's going to be on his shoulders now. And he's going to progress. And we're going to see the good and the bad the next few weeks. But we know that if he can improve every week, little by little, inch by inch, that when he comes back to get the best running back in football – it's only going to make the Giants better. And he's going to, listen, he's not going to have to rely on – sometimes my, when you have a handicap, when you have something that can help you, you don't always have to play the full potential, and you can kind of get by being an average player. But now that there's no Barkley and there's no easy – hey, I'm just going to hand the ball to Barkley and let him do the work, it's going to make him a better quarterback. I really believe so. My biggest thing is – I saw Sherman was talking. He's like, he gives us. I, I still, I think Giant fans, most Giant fans are still going to go back. Then why did we not start him in week one? Look, can't go back. It, it can't, can't go back, back now. It's over with. Everything should be toward the future. This is, this is a great sign to see. If you're a Giant fan, uh, everybody's offensively. I, there's, I think a lot positivity. of people are blown out of proportion. I've seen, we've seen analysts saying he's better than Baker Mayfield. He's better than Sam Darnold. I think we should pump the brakes. Just all we know is. That this could be this maybe Gettleman knew something that everybody in the world, including us, didn't think. But we do and have it, still one problem: the defense is a yes, problem. But the most important thing going forward is that we have most likely our franchise quarterback now to say. So now he's going to East Rutherford this week. He's going to be first time we're going to have a new quarterback at Giants Stadium the first time in 15 years. We're going to play the Washington Redskins this week. Now, looks like they're going to start Case Keenum and not Dwayne Haskins. So we're not going to get the matchup we ideally. So what does that say? What does that say to all the fans that wanted Haskins? He's not ready yet. He's not ready. Gruden, at least the Redskins organization. If they wanted I mean, to start Haskins. Let's just be honest. Hold on. If they wanted to start Haskins, the owner, because he's the owner, could come down and say, I want him to start. Let's be honest. But the coaching staff doesn't feel like he's ready, let's, so he's not going to start. Let's be honest. The Washington Redskins are a joke of a if franchise. If it wasn't for the Cleveland Browns, the, the Washington Redskins, Redskins are the biggest joke and most dysfunctional organization in all of the NFL. They have been atrocious, and you could just see it right now. Jay Gruden just needs to go. I mean, I don't know why he's still coaching. He should not have a job right now. Dwayne Haskins? Probably should be starting. I know he's, to them, not ready. But you got to see what this kid is made of. You have to put him in. It's like what the Giants did. Do, do most people feel like Daniel Jones was ready to play? I think maybe, they, I maybe think not. They don't wanna, if but, they put him in, they think he's going to get, not hurt. It's uh, a but I think, you know how, like, where they say, like, this team is so, like, okay, if you had a rookie quarterback, I know, and I'm going to use the Dolphins situation. If you had like a first-round quarterback, would you even risk starting him now? Because you could hurt his future. You know, sometimes they say starting a quarterback too early can hurt a quarterback based on the team. Where like, 
Wait until you have some pieces around. Let him learn and sit behind the veteran. See, I think the Washington Redskins are a bad team, but I think the Miami Dolphins are in a whole league of their own. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying they, they can't run the ball, the Redskins. They can't seem to move the ball down the field. They don't protect the quarterback. So all signs point to the Giants winning then, hopefully. Oh. You, would, you would assume that this week. Look, Daniel Jones looked great, but the defense has got to help him out. It comes down to this defense. They, they, the Giants should be realistically 0-3 right now. Instead, a crazy thing happened. The Giants win. They're one and two. They're off. They're off. They're finally. They won a game. They could be on a two-game winning streak this week. But this defense, Daniel Jones is going to do his thing. They're going to do whatever they can to put him in the best position to be successful. For the Giants to be competitive, and I know people want to see the Giants struggle and see them lose so they could get a higher draft pick. I want to see them be competitive. This defense has to make plays, and they started doing it in the second half against Tampa. Held them three points, but still, I don't want to keep seeing Daniel Jones in a situation like it was last week, being down by 18 or two touchdowns, and we're like, here we go again. This kid's going to continue to play from behind. They have an opportunity to win this week against a team that's very, very vulnerable, poorly run, not enough players to be successful. They don't have well, a good this, team. This game, and not to take away from, but this game has a lot of Landon Collins comes back. To yeah, Tennessee. Flowers, Collins comes back. I mean, there's a lot it's, of it's, it's, yeah. Josh Norman, Josh Norman comes to and it comes to East Rutherford. You know what he wants to do to Gettleman? He can't stand Gettleman. There's a lot of guys that Plus, don't like Gettleman. Plus, the way Washington performed Monday night, I mean. Listen, there was talk about should they fire the coach? Gruden should the, be the players, Gruden should the, be already the players fired. called out the coach. Why are we not scoring points and not being able to move the ball down the field it's with just, the type of it's players just that a are in dysfunctional, this lineup? discombobulated situation in Washington. But when you saw the picture, the picture, one of the pictures that says it best. Case Keenum's talking to the coordinator, and Dwayne Haskins is on the side like doesn't even look interested. Your rookie quarterback. Franchise supposed to be your future franchise quarterback has no interest. That wasn't Photoshop, right? I hope not because if that's true, then damn, that's a shame because that's why. And you see Gettleman make a decision like that. Now we know why. Ladies and gentlemen, the Giants are going in the right direction. They have an opportunity to win this week. They could have, they have, we can all hope that this is the guy they're going to roll with for the next 10 to 12 years. But let's pump the brakes. He's not better than Sam Darnold. Let's relax with that. He's not better than Baker Mayfield yet. We have to see how he continues throughout these next 15 or 13 weeks. That's what it comes down to. I'm excited because now we have a plan. We have hope. And Danny, Danny Dimes, I guess that's what everybody's calling. Sure. Danny Dimes Whatever. is the way to go now. And he's what we're going to go with with the future. It's a very winnable game. I was hoping to see Haskins versus Jones because it just brings that attention to the league, but it's not going to happen. Whatever. We so got to worry, worry about ourselves and the Giants. I worry about the defense. Let's go blue. Great game that you got to see. Awesome opportunity, even though you probably don't. <laughs> I remember the whole game. Good. I remember the whole game. Even though so you don't remember game. Barkley getting injured. Well, you can't tell from the game. I know. The only thing I missed was the opening drive. Okay. But so other than that, I saw the rest of the game. And it was an so the Giants. And if you've never been to Tampa and you've never seen a game there and you get a chance, go down. Magnificent stadium. So the Giants win. They're off the losing streak. They're one and two. Let's see if they go. Let's go see if they could get a winning streak now. Two and two. Could be two and two. 
Let's move over to the NFL as a whole right now. And what's going around the league right now? What is happening? Stefan Diggs, Jalen Ramsey. I just want to say this quick. It's fascinating what we've been seeing in this NFL day and age now because the players are voicing their displeasure. They want out, and teams are trading them. Minka Fitzpatrick a couple weeks ago. Antonio Brown, you can add to that. Got what he wanted. Steve Young Play. made the, the comment on Monday Night Football about two weeks ago. He said, the NFL is players are taking a page out of the NBA players book. Because we've seen what NBA has become. Well, guys are, hey, listen, here's the thing. I'm Trevor Keyes. I'm on the New Orleans Pelicans. We're one of the worst teams in basketball. I made some money good, but I want to win championships now before I get too old. I am not there's resigning. No there's no marketability. Listen, I'm, I'm, not re no marketability. I'm not resigning with you guys. I want to be traded, so trade me. And then they get traded. And people are and, and, and teams know that. So, listen, they'll give up all the draft picks mm -hmm. and for yeah. an impact player. We've never really seen this in the NFL. You haven't seen guys really request trades, especially during the season. You know, it's unlike you know basketball or baseball where the trade deadline is a big thing and you see a lot of big trades. It doesn't really usually happen in football. But we saw Minka Fitzpatrick get traded from the Dolphins, and he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Went to a better situation. It's we, just we've seen Jalen Ramsey. It's just one of the best corners in football. It's fascinating to see where the NFL has changed drastically when it comes to that. Players were always never voicing their displeasure. They just stayed with their team. Do they you signed like the contract. It? Do you like it? Me, personally, no, because I don't like the movement. In the, it's like See, the, I love it. The NBA. I love it. People I think get it's good. Who the hell wants to be... Listen, if you're on the Dolphins, Trev, think about yourself, personally. You're not asking to get the hell out of there? I'm not. Dude, I don't care where else I play, but I don't want to be here. Yeah, I love South Beach, Miami. I love making millions of dollars, but I don't like being beat by 30 points a game being 0-16. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't like that. No, I, I don't think anybody does. Uh, and, but and, just and to see the movement, and I think people get annoyed with that in the NBA. I, no, I think People get annoyed in the NBA. No, people get Realistically, okay. you can't say, no, no, because no they, they don't. No, because they set up two per t super teams because two or three superstar players on a team. And that's automatic, stupid. Automatically wins your championship. And it's stupid. Okay, here's the thing. In the NFL, there's 53 players. Unless a quarterback requests a trade, then it's stupid. But, like, if Stefan Diggs wants to request a trade, go ahead. He doesn't change the Vikings there or, or near. He doesn't change it. Jalen Ramsey, the Jaguars defense will still be good with him or without him. But if he goes to a team like the Chiefs or Eagles, that's a that's that. All right. That's so a fine. major plus. Doesn't mean you have to. Okay, but if they're willing to give up the assets going forward, the ja I'm listen, just, the I'm Jaguars are only going to trade a guy like that if they can get. Let's not talk about the bad teams anymore. I want but, to talk but about listen, that's, I want to talk about the good but in the But that's the thing because you're not seeing good teams that got good players asking retrades. Okay. I don't want to talk about bad teams anymore. We talk enough about bad teams. I want to talk about good teams. I want to talk about teams that are going somewhere well, there, and are going to be competing well, for championships. I'll put it this way. I don't want to talk about of, you bad know, teams Well, you know why anymore. you're saying this and I think so? There's a lot of bad teams in the NFL right now. There's, yeah, there's listen, not a good there's not There yeah. is a I don't have the standards in front of me, but there's six 0-3 teams. Five of them are in the AFC. And they're not good. And they're okay. not good teams. The Bucks are one and two. They're not a good team. The Giants are one and two. They're, they're, not, not, a, they're a not a good team. The Jets are 0 and 3. They're not a good team. The Dolphins, 0 and 3, are not a good team. The Steelers, you would think are a good team. They're not a good team right now. The Falcons, one and two. Teams like that. The Chargers, the one Raiders and two. are not a good team. One and two. There's a lot of bad in the NFL right now. 
and you're seeing more players voice their displeasure Listen, and trying to get out. Tennessee I, Titans, one or two, not a good team. Hold on. The other teams. You, you tell got me when here. you're done. I will. I'll let you know because okay. you've done enough talking today. Carolina's not a good football team, one and two. And yet we're still talking about bad teams. And the Cardinals. Oh. I'm done talking. What did you not understand when I said I'm done talking about bad teams? I want to talk about good teams. Like last There's night. There's four good teams, like, four or five Okay, good teams that's fine. But last night was good teams playing, and it was a hell of a game. The Eagles, much needed win. Eagles should have lost. They should have. They could have be one three. They could be one and three right now. But guess what? Carson Wentz looked good. That defense made plays when they needed to. The Packers are still a good team. You see games like this week. You see the Bills against the Patriots, three and zero versus three and zero. Then you got the Cowboys and Saints, three and zero versus two and one. You're talking about the Bears against the Vikings, two teams that are two and one as well. That's what we should be talking about. We shouldn't be talking about the Miami Dolphins. We shouldn't be talking about bad football teams because there is a lot of bad in the NFL, but there yet is still— Do you think it hurts still, the NFL, though? Yes, though. because having that many bad teams, teams—you've you, just seen it in the NBA for some time. Finally, the NBA has now a little parity. There's a little of the players moving There's all like over the place. There's like 12 teams that can win a championship instead of four. The in the NBA, we were always upset because of up until last year, it was the Cavs versus the Warriors for four straight years. It was LeBron, and we were getting sick and tired of it. It was the same old nonsense. Well, you picked the Patriots versus anybody in the NFC. So well, you're going to see, see the Patriots again for five, six years in a row? Why pick against them? They can't. There's nobody in the that's NFC. That's what I'm saying. The Cavs were the Patriots of the And East. that's why it's bad because there's nobody in the AFC other than the Chiefs and maybe the Ravens that are going to compete with the, the New England Patriots this year. I just don't think the, the Ravens NFC, yet and Lamar Jackson's good enough. The NFC is like the... It's like the um, Western Conference. No, there I was would. more. There's more depth, and there's more good teams. I'm not saying great teams, but there's more teams that will get to a playoff, fight for a playoff, maybe not win a Super Bowl, but will be more competitive. Where the AFC, you got legit right now. Three teams. If you had to think of the AFC right now, right off the uh, quick, you would think the Patriots. You would think the Chiefs, and then you would think the Ravens, Ted. You don't think of anybody else. You do not consider the Texans, maybe the Texans. But how seriously do you consider them from their past struggles in the postseason? That's why the NFL, there's a lot of bad. And that's why and it starts at the top. And there's not many good teams in the NFL right now. There's more bad and more middle average teams than there are good teams. And that's what's hurting the NFL. The play has been nice. But also, the, the, when you see a team like the Miami Dolphins lose 59-10, then lose 42-3, to that just shows right there. That's not good. That's not a good product. They didn't cover the spread this week against the Cowboys. That was twenty-two and a half. That's not point. a good product to put on the field and to show to the fans. You want to see the, the best Monday versus night the football best. game, the Redskins game. Redskins was Monday night awful. game was atrocious. So that's with, what I'm trying to say. You see last said, night a great game. You see this weekend a great game. The Dolphins. Or not the Dolphins. My God. See what you made me do? I, we talked about the Dolphins so much that they're stuck in my damn head. We talked too much about that's the why the Bills Patriots game this weekend is more important for the Bills because we talked. Oh about yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's because obvious. I said, listen, the Bills are three and zero. If they win, they'll be four and zero. The Patriots will be three and one. You expect the Bills to beat the Jets twice. You expect the Bills to beat the Dolphins twice. Okay, 
You figure the Bills will lose to the Patriots later in the season when they go to New England. So they'll both be 5-1 in the division. But going forward, that will show that the Bills are up there. If the Bills lose, it's like, all right, whatever. We're used supposed to, to lose. Yeah. We're used to it. Yeah. But you're home. you got the, Buff the Buffalo Mafia, the Bills Mafia up there. They're going to be wild. This is an important game for Sean McDermott, Josh Allen. Can he be good enough and that defense to beat? And that defense for yes. both teams. Buffalo's got a great D right now, but also that Patriot defense is nasty. And then with the, the Cowboys game, I said to you— It's more important for the Cowboys to win this week. Because Drew Brees ain't there, and if you don't win, you're just like the, it's the same old Cowboys that you always expect. You beat up on the Redskins, you beat up on the Giants, and you beat up on Buffalo. Good for you. You're 3-0. No, you're supposed to be. You're one of the best teams in football. But you're if supposed you can, to do, yeah, but if you go to New Orleans and you can't beat the Saints without Drew Brees, mm -hmm. what am I supposed to think? What am I supposed to I think, think as a fan? I think it's more. I but I I wouldn't even say just the Cowboys. I think this game is is massive for Dak Prescott. For Dak, no, for Dak Prescott. Why so? Because he's looked great so far, but it's been against atrocious teams. I mean, let's be honest. Three the, of the worst defenses let's, in the league. Let's be honest. The Giants have the worst defense in football. No, Miami does. Okay, the Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins are the worst team. Period. We've said the Dolphins Washington, way too much. Washington, in I know. No, all all year so far in the NFL. I I, I can't believe how many. Well, times it's going to lead to our next segment. Yes. And then the Washington Redskins have not been good, so they've beat up on bad teams. This is a true test. Now you're going into the dome. You're going into one of the loudest venues in all of football, and we know how that crowd is. It's Sunday night football. The Cowboys have some success at home, but how are they in the, on the road against a true, a true team, a real good team? I still believe this is one of the best teams in the league. I know Breeze isn't playing, but this is about Dak Prescott. You want to make your big money? You want to make your big payday like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz did? You have to win games win like, the big Car ones. like Carson Wentz did last night. That's a big game last night because if they lose, they're 1-3. That's why the Eagles paid for him. That's why the Eagles gave them that contract. Because of moments like that, they went into Lambeau, a good team, and put up 34 points and won a very good game against a very good team. That's what Dak Packers should have won that what, game. It doesn't matter. You can't be Th kicking field okay, goals. Okay, it doesn't matter. They didn't. It does Dak, matter. It doesn't. They lost. Who cares? It's over with. Well, that's what I was going to say to Dak Prescott. Might, put the ball in the end. My and point is, touchdowns. Dak Prescott, you want to get paid big bucks? You have to win games like this weekend. Win the big if one. you don't win this game, if your team plays well, but you don't and you lose, all signs point to you, and they're going to continuously say, this is why Dak Prescott does not deserve a big contract because of games like this. It's not about Washington or beating up on the Giants in Miami. It's about beating the Saints. It's about beating the Packers, beating the Rams, beating teams like that in your own conference, the Eagles. You have to beat those teams to be successful and to get to where you want to be. And if Dak wants to be that great quarterback that everybody thinks he's been so far, you got to win on Sunday night. So it's more about Dak than anybody in that entire field. Not the Cowboys, <laughs> not the Saints, not Bridgewater. It's about Dak Prescott, because Carson Wentz just did it. Now it's time for you to do it. How's that? Are you all right? Yeah. What's the matter with you? I was choking. Exactly, Dak. Don't choke. Perfect, Ted. Set it up. It's perfect. So we got a new segment. Speaking of all these talks, we just talked about the bills and stuff like that. So we got a new segment. Either or neither. Got three questions that we thought of this. So the first question Ted, we're going to bring up that team again. Is it, and it's by one of our, your friends. He came up with this question and posted it. And yeah, I thought Bob, it was. Bobby Aragon. Give him the, give college college him the shout out because it was a great question. I think it's a very, very good question because it's a possibility. It could be historic. So the question was, either or neither. 
Pat's 16 and 0. Dolphins 0 and 16, Ted. Either or neither. I say neither. I say I say neither. Ne- and when I say neither, I mean that the Patriots will not go 16 and 0 and the Dolphins will not go 0 and 16. Neither. I don't I don't see the Dolphins winning a game this year. You tell me a team that they're beating. So then you're either. Yeah. You tell me a team that's beating that Dolphin team. I'm sorry. You I'm mean, telling you. I said. You mean you just said name a team that's going to beat the Dolphins. Oh, the, name me a team that's. Slow down, Sonny. Name me, name me a team that's going into Miami or losing to Miami. It'll happen. I highly doubt it. I mean, that Washington-Miami game is going to be interesting to see. I'm going with either. I think the Patriots are more than capable. That defense has been nasty. Brady looks great. It's a possibility. They got to play the Chiefs. So which one either is it? I say both. They're oh. both going. It's going to be historic. The so Patriots are going to go both, huh? The Patriots are going to go 16 0. I think they've been that dominant. And the Dolphins, and then are the Dolphins have been that bad. All right. By far. I say neither. I got either. So the second question. The Patriots still have to play the Cowboys, Eagles, and Chiefs I'm and not, Baltimore. I'm not worried. They'll lose. Two games. I'll take my chances. You're wrong. Uh, that's fine. I'll take my chances. By the way, great question by your boy. The second question is a big matchup this weekend. This is a matchup we didn't even discuss. It's a match. It's a major matchup for this one. T- for the Browns, I think it's more so for one team. Well, the Browns, but the Ravens need to. Hey, you know, I know, but you could have a nice two-game lead in the division. Before, think about that. You can have a nice, comfortable two-game lead in the division. You win this game. So, so go ahead. Already, buddy. the question is, either or neither. Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson? Yeah, Baker. What? Who would I rather take? Yeah, who would you have? Would you have both Going of them for the season? Would you, ta- or would you, for the, would for you take both? Would you take both of them, or would you have neither for the future? That was the question. Neither or neither. I would take. I'll take Lamar. Either. You're taking both then. No, I'll take Lamar. So you're picking one or the other? Yes. Either or neither. You pick one or you pick none. I don't understand what you don't get. Either or neither. So give me your explanation. I'm, I'm still waiting. You're still talking. I just said Lamar Jackson. Either. You said, who yeah. would I take okay. going forward? Did you hear what I said? Why? Why are you taking Lamar Jackson? I just think he's in a better system to succeed. Okay. I think he's got the right coach. I think he's got the right organization. He's got the right personnel. He made a comment the other day. He wants to. He doesn't want to run so more. He wants to pass. I think his ability to run... Like we've talked about multiple times throughout the show over years, having the ability to run, to extend the play. Yeah, listen, he's an extreme runner. He can, he can run, outrun anyone on the field. Okay. But the ability to just extend plays and throw the ball. Because we've seen so far, Baker Mayfield can't extend the play. When you run a 4-8-5 and you're 40-yard dash, I still, combine, we've seen every time he gets out of the pocket, he flusters and I his s- numbers go down. I still would take Baker because I know they're all— He's a punk too. They're all— Whatever. Their offensive line is atrocious. They've done it wrong. They're doing it all wrong. But if you have Lamar Jackson that, speed, that you can tr- outrun. That is true, but... Sorry to try to convince they've, you. They've done it all wrong, the Cleveland Browns. Let's so your either is... I'm going with Baker Mayfield. And I'm going with Lamar. I would go Baker Mayfield still. I still have trust. They got to protect him, though. They got ha- to throw something in the offensive line because they did it all wrong. To protect your franchise quarterback, you don't add weapons. That's nice, 
But you you they did you the, you win inside the trenches. They, they did literally the Giants did they literally are the Cleveland Giants. I've been saying it since the beginning of the year that they're Cleveland Giants because they're doing everything. They built from like the outside new, in yep. instead of building they've the done core strong and building out. They've done everything like the New York Giants have done in the past, and that's why the Giants were atrocious. Lost Joe Thomas last year, and this year they lost Zeitler, and they just traded Zeitler. Whatever. So I'm taking him. Baker still. See the you. final question of either or neither: two teams, both three and zero, surprising three and zero right now. Which 3-0 team is more likely to make the playoffs? Now, who is it? It's the team we just mentioned, the Buffalo Bills, and those San Francisco 49ers. Who's more likely to make the playoffs? I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. And the reason why I say that, very simply, the AFC as a whole is weak. The NFC is still stacked. They still, You still have the Cowboys in Dallas. You still have Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago even though Detroit's 2-0-1-1 and yeah. they're undefeated. You still have the Saints and you have the Falcons and I and I like the Falcons. We and know. then you just look at the division that they're in. The Rams are the best team in that division, probably in the conference. Yep. Then you have the Seattle Seahawks who are 2-1. And, and I like Seattle more than I like the 49ers. And Arizona is no slouch. They've been even though they're 0-2-1, they're going to be a tough out whoever they play all year round. And that's why I take the Buffalo Bills. They're 3-0. They have an easier division. They have an easier conference and they have more likely to succeed. And I like their coach. Sean McDermott. All right, let's go to the power rankings. Who do you want? You didn't uh, even... Nope, because I agree with you 100%. Everything? Yes, because the Thank AFC... Thank you, my man. Yeah, well, finally, you. right? You, yeah, feel good? you feel good about yourself? I feel good. Thank <laughs> you. I got, this... I got the approval of Trev. Yeah. yeah. You like that, Nate? <laughs> Nate the Great. Yeah, I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to say anything because Ted's just said... He literally said it spot on. It's because they're in the AFC. Conference is weaker, more open to get into as a wild card. We know you might. You're probably not winning the if division. If you flip teams, but, I, I would. But if the, the 49ers four, were in the yes, AFC. I, I, but the 49ers are could be probably the third best team in their division. And I know they're three and zero, but they probably are the third best team in that division. Realistically, they haven't played anybody either. They played the, the Bengals. Ball, oh, three the teams. Bucks, they, yeah, played no one. they played the Bucks, and then who? Else? They played the Bengals. Oh, the 49ers. 49ers played the Bucks, Bengals, and uh, Steelers. So all the, there you go, right there. Yeah, I know. We know. You're right. So I'm, uh, let's get right into the power rankings and close this up because I, I agree with you 100%. We'll start doing that each and every week, neither or either, from here on out. But we're also doing our power rankings. Not much has changed. I mean, last night I did have to make a change, actually, because of last night's results. So we're going to go 10 to 1. Yeah, go That's ahead. That's how you do. So, Chaz is waiting. Chaz is on the all right, line number waiting for us. Number 10 is the Texans. Yep. Number 9 is the Seattle Seahawks. Number 8 is the New Orleans Saints. Number 7 is the Green Bay Packers. Number six is the Philadelphia Eagles. Number five is the Baltimore Ravens. Number four is the Dallas Cowboys. Number three, I was going to say it, the St. Louis, but the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. Number two, the Chiefs. And number one, the Patriots. Okay. Number 10 for me is those Buffalo Bills. Number nine, the Seahawks. Number eight is the Philadelphia Eagles. Number seven is the Green Bay Packers. Number six, the New Orleans Saints. Five is the Ravens. And the same four is Ted. Cowboys, Rams, Chiefs, same order? Yep. Nothing's changed with them. Those have been the four, and be those have been the four best teams in the NFL so far now, this year. Now, the Cowboys haven't played anyone. They will, but the next two weeks, we'll really get a good understanding. Oh, look, Are look, you kidding me? Look at this. I, look at this. This is what I'm talking about. This is what we're talking about. So the Cowboys are always the total defense ranks. They play the Giants who have the 31st ranked <laughs> the defense. The Dolphins last. The last. And the Redskins are the 26th. 
Cowboys need to come to How play this How concerned should Dak be facing the Saints defense? You literally just said it. The pressure. Saddle up, boys. But these have been the four best teams throughout the first three weeks. But for Dallas, I mean, we saw what the Rams did to the Saints. They beat them up. The Patriots, I don't care who they play. The Patriots have been the best team for the past 20 years. It doesn't <laughs> matter. And the Chiefs have the best player possibly in the NFL right now in Patty Mahomes. They looked good last week. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs if they get home field advantage. But the Cowboys, this is a true test. You're going on the road. You're playing the Saints, one of the best teams in the league. And then you play the Packers. The next two weeks are really going to give us a good, better feel of how this team... Well, the whole NFL in general. How, how this team is going to be for the rest of the year. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking our final break. When we come back, Chaz will be calling in to give us our picks for this week. And also, I got to ask him about his Michigan Wolverines. Is it time for Jim Harbaugh to go? What's going on with Alabama and Clemson? Is that a guarantee anymore? We'll talk about that all. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, folks. Gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys of the City. If you haven't checked out the show, you can check it out on Spotify, YouTube later on in the night. But let's get into some college football. Chaz will be joining us in a few. It's week four. Big prediction. No, week five. This is week five. I actually want to get into something that I've been trying to talk about. And that's the Michigan Wolverines. Before we even get into our picks. I want to talk about the Michigan Wolverines. He's calling right now? He's calling. Chaz is calling right now. All right, pick him on. Let's go. Chaz, you there? What's up, guys? Hi, pal. How's everything? Fantastic. How about you? Oh, I, I'm surprised you said fantastic because I'm about to talk about your big blue, Michigan Wolverines, the most overrated team, most overhyped team for the past 10 years. Please, Chaz, is it time for Jim Harbaugh to leave and get out? Is it time for a replacement? I'll tell you the one thing that got me really concerned that he hired an offensive coordinator without ever speaking to him prior. Um, that was probably the most disappointing Michigan performance in the last decade. I, I do think at this moment in time that the lack of creativity on offense, it, it's time for Jim Harbaugh to move on. Wow. And, and are you thinking he should go to the NFL or college is, is game still? I think Jim Harbaugh needs to go to the NFL. Okay. So, Michigan, who, who, what would they do for hiring? Who would they hire? <laughs> like, that's the thing. I mean, Michigan's nice and all, but they haven't really been to any college football playoff. They haven't beaten Ohio State in God knows when. So, it's like Michigan's getting beat up. They're, they're always, every year, overhyped. And they're so, everybody loves them for some reason, like you. And then you see a performance like that. What needs to change, though, with Michigan? It's the quarterback, man. We talked about this, man. Look at the teams that are in the top 10, except for, like, Florida and a couple teams. It's about the quarterback. They haven't had a legit quarterback since, and I don't even know if Chad Henney would be a legit well, quarterback. They were, they were nasty back then with Chad Henney. But they haven't had – I mean, you think about the top teams. They all have solid quarterback play. They do. Oh. Do you think it comes down to the quarterback for Michigan? 
I think a lot of it just has to come with the scheme that they're running with. The last four years, it was very outdated power football where they could, you know, roll over the mediocre to inferior teams in the Big Ten. But when they played in Ohio State or Michigan State or Wisconsin, they couldn't push them around. I I think the problem now, if you watch that Wisconsin-Michigan game, was just the lack of creativity. You know, I mean, and in the Wisconsin defense, when something, you know, they ran all curls. And then it wasn't open, and the receivers just stood there, you know, which what Joe Klatt started talking about on, on ESPN. I, I just think it's complete lack of creativity. There's been no RPOs that they talked about Shea Patterson running. And I don't think Shea Patterson is that bad of a quarterback. I just think that they just – they rushed and hired a guy who never had any play-calling experience. And Jim Harbaugh, you know, hired him without ever meeting him in person. You don't hire somebody to, to become the janitor in your building without meeting them. I, you know, I, 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 it just doesn't make sense to me. And, I got you. And then you, I'll just put it this way: you look at USC; they've gone through three quarterbacks, and they hired uh, Cliff Kingsbury. He took the job at Arizona. So what did they do? They hired Graham Harrell. And you look at what USC has done offensively. Yeah, I mean that's they need some type of change up there because it just—I mean—they have add talent. Some, add just, some spice. It or just ain't working little, because it's not working exactly. And last week should prove to all Michigan fans that. It could be another long season, and I just don't see them beating Ohio State, or I don't know if they beat Penn State. I mean, because Wisconsin put a hurting on them. I want to get into the games. First game for you is the Cavaliers of Virginia, four and zero, going against the Fighting Irish, bouncing, uh, coming back from a tough defeat. Played well in Athens last week, though. Looked very good. Looked impressive. Couldn't get it by though. But it was Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame is favored by 12 and a half going. I think Notre Dame's going to blow them out personally. But, Chaz, what you got to say? I was impressed with Notre Dame last week. Yes. It's never easy to go between the hedges and win. And they committed 12 penalties, two turnovers, and they still had the ball at midfield down down six with a chance to take the lead Mm -hmm. in the waning moments of the game. I don't see a path for the Irish to get to the playoffs after that loss unless the Big Ten and Big 12 winners collapse like Hillary Clinton. I think people are fading the Cavaliers who played really sloppy against Old Dominion, but I'm sure they were looking ahead to this game. I'm taking the the points here in belief that Bryce Perkins will play well on the road and the Virginia defense will able to generate some pressure on Book, something Georgia couldn't do consistently. I'm rolling with Virginia plus the 12 and a half. All righty. Let's get over it. Teddy was just mentioning one of the teams, USC versus Washington. Now, USC is oh, so tricky. Every year, they lose a, a game early on in the year, and then they beat up on great competition. They beat Utah last week, probably knocking the Pac-12 out of the college football playoff discussion. But Washington, last time they played these, Sam Darnold went in and beat, I think they were the number five team or four team in the country, and beat them up in Washington. Do you expect the Trojans to do the same thing again. The Trojans are a ten and a half point favorite. I mean, uh, underdog. Sorry, ten. They're a ten and a half point underdog going to Washington. Excuse me. People have been fading Washington after their loss to California, but Jacob Eason has been playing extremely well after that blowout loss to the Bears. Eason was deadly against BYU, completing twenty-four of twenty-eight passes. This line looks steep after USC upset everyone's preseason sleeper Utah last week. But Vegas knows the Huskies are a different team at home who's quietly building their resume, even though they're a long shot for the college football playoffs. I think USC is going to have Urban Meyer on speed dial after this game. Washington will blow out the Trojans at home. All right. 
And the final game. True test for Ohio State. Justin Fields. He's playing the Cornhuskers. 17-point yep. favorite. Does Justin Fields. Ohio Justin, State is. I know. Justin Fields. Can he finally. He hasn't played much competition yet to this. But he's been unbelievable so far. Can he go into a hostile ter- environment and beat the Cornhuskers? A team that a lot yep. of people were loving this year coming into the season. Jazz liked them too. Yeah. I did. They yeah. were one of my sleeper picks. I'm a big Scott Frost fan, but guys, the black shirts blew a 17 point lead to the rival Colorado yeah. and needed some last minute heroics to beat the fighting Illini, the bottom dweller of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. To quote Bark Scott, this team can't stop a nosebleed. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields is on fire. 13 touchdown passes with no interceptions. Yes, Martinez is one of the most dynamic players in college football. But he's going to meet the best pass rusher in the NCAA and a secondary armed with four NFL prospects. You heard it here first. Alabama and Clemson will not win the national championship. The Ohio State Buckeyes will be crowned wow. national champions. You became my, you became my uh, best friend after that now. Wow. And, and they will blow out Nebraska on the road. So you got them caught at 17. Yeah, he's got them yep. covered. Okay. Hey. Thanks, pal. I also I, guys, you're, well. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. See you, I'll pal. see you. See ya. Wow. So he picked my Buckeyes to win the <laughs> national championship. <clears throat> What's the matter? Are you, <laughs> he's, he's shocked. He's stunned. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that take that he just made? It's a great take. Do you, th- do you think it's a possibility? Listen, anything, well, I mean, we're gonna get into it before. I think but, anything's a possibility in college football. If I mean, you get. Ohio State right now, they haven't played no one. They're kind of like Dallas. They haven't played no one. This will be a good test. Be a good test. I didn't say a great test. You know, it's Nebraska. It's going to be a night game. It's a true road game. It'll be, so it'll it's be, like... You know, it'll be first real true road game for Ohio State. Ohio State's been dominant. I mean, literally been dominant. What you tell me last week when I was sitting in the plane? Justin Fields had six, uh, what, six so touchdowns of, is, so they've in given one up, quarter? So no, but no, what you tell me? Justin seven, Fields had six touchdowns yeah, six in one touchdowns quarter? six touchdowns in one quarter. He, the final score was 76-5. to five. So, listen, they've had three preseason games so far. They've warmed up. Yeah. This will be a good test. But Ohio State is dominant. Now, I haven't seen them at all so far this year. Oh, they but I know, their, their defense. But I know they have a, one of the best pass rushers, if not the best pass rusher in college football. A man amongst boys. And they have a kid who transferred from Georgia who right now should be within the top three or four Heisman candidates. So, you put those two together, a quarterback – Listen, J.K. Dobbins is a beast running back. Listen, he was as a freshman last year. He had kind of a somewhat of a sophomore year. He's had sophomore a, slump. Yeah. I mean, listen. So who do you got? You got are you obviously okay. Ohio State. So you want to go through the games? Yeah, why not? You, you already talked about Ohio State. So do you got Ohio State? So winning? I got. I'm all over Ohio State crushing oh, Nebraska. They're like yeah. blowing them out of the. I think 44-17. Huh? 44-17. Wow. That is wow. That would be. And uh, I don't care. I know Nebraska is not like everybody predicted to be. In the preseason, but you go into a hostile t- environment and you put a how much on is a the team? home crowd worth to you? That's really what you have to think. Well, I want to see how this. I want to see how he plays. This is really his first true road test. I'm not really worried about. It. He's played in games last year. This is going to be two great. He quarterbacks. hasn't really played that much though, brother. Dude, that's I'm not the worried thing. About I'm not worried. About I'm it. not worried either. But it's really a true. This kid's test. been playing in big games since he was in high school when he was the number one player coming out of I high school. I expected to be a little closer. I. I expect them to cover the spread, and I expect them to win by three touchdowns. I got 42-21. No field goals. No field goals. No field goals. No field goals. You got the field goals. Got to I, I, I just think this team has been – I think they've been the most complete team through the first four weeks of the college football season. Not Clemson, not Alabama, 
Not even LSU or I think Justin Fields or George are going to be the difference in I, this game. I think Ohio State has been the most complete team and the most dangerous team going forward to make to make a splash this year for that third team that could possibly win a college football playoff because we were all hyped up on Alabama Clemson part five. But don't sleep on my Buckeyes. The Buckeyes are coming in and they have. They're coming in with a statement. They're going to come in with a statement win this week. And Ryan Day, I told you, you didn't trust Ryan Day in the beginning of the year. Oh, you lose Urban Meyer, it's going to be a big loss. I'm telling you, Ryan Day is a great coach. He should have been a coach a couple years ago, head coach. And he's and Urban Meyer groomed him to be an excellent head coach. And look at what their offense is doing. They're kicking ass. They're taking, na- they're taking no names and taking prisoners. And see you later. Sorry, Cornhuskers. It'll be nice. It'll be fun to watch for a little but Ohio State pulls away, wins by 40, 42-21. So we're gonna, I'm going to work our way backwards. I guess, so yeah, we'll, I, we'll go to the Washington-USC game. Since we started now, Ohio State. This USC team should be undefeated right now. Yeah. It's, it, I, you know what? Some people need to start giving Clay Hatton some credit. So, 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 you know, should, you think, so should Washington. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this but is, Cal, Cal's undefeated. I know, but losing 20-19 at home, that doesn't happen a lot to Washington. That, that rarely see, happens. See, this USC team, they lost a heartbreaker in BYU. Tough game. And that place, if anyone knows about BYU football, playing up in BYU is a tough matchup. It's one of the nicest venues, I think, in all the sports. I I really do. The mountain over the stadium, I just think it's beautiful. I'm sorry. So, (laughs) Ted didn't want to hear No, no, I don't don't mind. (laughs) My thing is this. USC's down to their third-string quarterback, and I think really that comes down to a difference maker. You're going to be – if they were home, I'd give USC the advantage. But you're playing on the road, up in Washington, hostile crowd – Matt Fink, he looked good last week. Chris Peterson, big game coach, knows how to play. Jacob Eason, like Chaz said, has been flawless so far. I mean, so much. I mean, he's got two picks, but 10 oh, touchdowns. Who cares? It's all right. But he's, he's been efficient. Yeah. I just think Washington ends up winning. Do I think they cover the spread? I don't. I don't. I think, I think that half a point is going to make a difference. I think Washington wins 27. 17 over the USC. This, so USC will cover the 10 and a half. This is usually a low scoring game because both, I mean, Washington has always been known as having a great defense, getting after the quarterback, causing, making turn or causing turnovers, making plays when they need to. I expect this to be a low scoring game. I don't expect this to be high scoring. I do not see a team getting into the thirties in this. I, I'm going to go Washington, but I'm going to go 21, 17. So you got USC covering too. Yes. All right. I so, mean, USC has been great so far. Disappointing that they lost to BYU. Disappointing that both teams are not undefeated in this because this could have been huge a, matchup. This could have been a whole lot different. Huge. I mean, this could have been a top ten matchup right now. Realistically, if USC doesn't lose to BYU, we could be talking about a top fifteen, top ten matchup right now. But I expect this to be a great game. Come down to the wire, Jacob Beeson. I'll trust Jacob Beeson over Matt Fink, and I think that's the deciding factor for me. But expect a great one in the Pac-12. Washington 21, USC 17. And we're closing out for these games with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and Virginia Cavaliers. Virginia, 4-0. But are they really going to go into Notre Dame and beat them? Nope. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Notre Dame coming off of a tough loss like that, I don't expect it to, though. I don't expect it to. I expect Notre Dame to put a hurting on Virginia. I think they're angry. I think... I think I'm smiling because I got the same thing. I think, I, I, I think I, last listen, week they had their opportunities okay, to beat so, Georgia. So here's the four games. Virginia played Pitt to start the season. 
on 831, and they won 30 to 14. All right, pretty good win. They played William and Mary 52 to 17. Not yeah. a problem. Whatever. Don't care. Florida State is garbage. Okay, and they won 31 24. So they barely beat Florida State. Yeah. And that was at home. And then they played Old Dominion last week, and they won 28 17. Okay, Old Dominion. I mean, what is old, who is Old Dominion? This is. They beat Virginia Tech last year. All right. Notre Dame's going to win by two touchdowns. They're going to prove a point that last week's game wasn't a fluke. Ian Book is going to have a monster game. The kid Perkins is going to have a great game. The quarterback from Virginia, he's going to he's going to make things happen. But I think this is going to be a high score and a fear. And I think Notre Dame puts up 40 points. He's their leading rusher. 40. Bryce Perkins is their leading rusher in. Yes, I know. So. 40 to 24 Notre Dame wins over Virginia. And I have Notre Dame covering the spread. I got 38-21. I just think this team's... I so mean, we're both have... I'm, I'm, I was very impressed with Notre Dame. I know they lost last week, but going into Athens, a tough environment, they extended the crowd, put more people in the stadium. That crowd was electric. That was a great game. It came down to the wire. Ian Book looked good. Just came up a little short, but they. the, the most important thing about last week's game, yes, they lost, but they didn't get blown out. And I think that was the... The biggest story for me because we know what Notre Dame is. When Notre Dame plays these big games, they get embarrassed. They didn't get embarrassed last week. It came down to the wire. I think they come in hungry, angry, and I think they put a hurting on Virginia. Sorry, Virginia. Sorry, Chaz. Sorry, Chaz? No, but Chaz had Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah. 38 21, fighting Irish. Let's close out with this. So, Chaz, I'm glad Chaz said this because he said Alabama, Clemson. Will not win the national championship. He picked my Ohio State Buckeyes to be the team that will be holding up the championship. So one of the questions that I came up, and I think everybody, it's weird because we all thought this was a guarantee. Is Clemson and Alabama part five a guarantee this year? Do is there actually more teams than we thought who can be in that picture now? Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU. Georgia, hell, you can put Auburn if you want. Uh, you can put. There's five teams. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Was it Nor- is there? I mean, Notre Dame proved last week to me at least. I didn't get to see the game because I was up. I was flying thirty six thousand yeah, feet yeah, above thirty six thousand feet in the air. <laughs> but it proved to me that they can play. Yeah, they can play with the big boys, or at least with Georgia. Now, and Georgia's one of the. We all thought we Georgia think was Georgia's one of the most one complete the- teams in college football. So for them to lose by six. It's telling how Notre Dame played last week, and I think they, I, I think they have an opportunity. They have a good schedule going ahead. They have a favorable schedule. If they can win out and look impressive doing it, watch out for Notre Dame. I do not think Clemson and Alabama is a guarantee. I think Clemson has – I think Alabama is going to be the team out of those two to get to the national championship. And the reason why I say there's no guarantee, and I'm going to agree with you, Trev, is because, first of all, you get about six weeks off from the time you played your last game until your time you played the bowl game. Yeah. Okay? Guys get hurt. There's disciplinary actions. Guys don't want to play in the bowl games. Just there's inexcusable things that happen, okay? And here's the thing. Alabama shows up on the field, whatever, December 31st, I think the first game is. Are they ready to play? Is their mindset ready to play? Are guys thinking about the NFL? Like, here's my thing. You never know where an 18 to 22-year-old's mind is at at that point in time. But this is what gets... As a college football fan, since we're talking about it, they have to be seeing this because they've been—they're talking about it on TV. For teams like this that are so good and so talented and so dominant, I think all it takes is a little switch 
that the, all they need to do, and they could just put a hurting on anybody in college football just because how superior they are from everybody well, else. Well, here's the other thing. Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked that good this no. year. No. Seven now, touchdowns, two, five picks Okay, right now. Alabama hasn't played anyone. I showed, showed you something in the post. They, it's unbelievable the easiest the schedule. Ohio State's played so far. Alabama. I mean, Clemson. Clemson, Clemson has played, te- played Texas A&M. Texas A&M. They, people down. consider that. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I give They're home. the other teams a shot is because of their quarterbacks. Georgia has Jake Fromm, and he's played in big games before. And they have a great offensive line. They have a great defensive line. Great and they have running. a great running game. Yep. LSU. Joe for Burrow. the first time in a while, Joe Burrow. They have a quarterback. They have a quarterback who can make plays, and they can score, and they can spread the offense, and they have a great defense, and Edge Orgeron is a good coach. Okay? Ohio State. You just said it before. Ryan Day's a good coach. They got talent to match up with anybody else in the in the in, entire in college football. And they have a quarterback in Justin Fields, who, who's a big-time player. We'll see how he plays the rest of the season, but he's up there. And then Oklahoma. You got Lincoln Riley. Yeah, you can make the excuses. Ah, their defense stinks and whatever, and they give up points. But they got Jalen Hurts, who's been in the national championship twice. He's played for a big-time or- and he's got team benched. in Alabama. And he got benched. But he came back last year in the SEC championship game when they needed and him. He back to, yeah. And they could score points. And when you could score points in college football, you have a shot. you're competitive. Yep. And you look at those three or four teams, all those teams have quarterbacks and they have the talent to keep up with the Clemsons and Alabamas. And that's why doesn't mean they're going to win it. Like Chaz just said, he thinks they're going to have a We'll see where he thinks in December what he thinks. But at least those teams have the caliber teams, talent-wise, quarterbacks, and they all have the right coach to beat as Saban or Dabo Swinney. Now, will they? We won't know until December. Let me ask you, uh, if you had to put a percentage-wise right now, Clemson, Alabama. In the perc- national championship? Percentage. The two of them match yes. up or at least one of them no, gets no, no, in? No, 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 no. I think at least one of them gets cl- in the no, national championship. No, it's Clemson, championship. Alabama, national championship, percentage-wise. Where would you put it? Where would you Where would you think? 25%. And I, Really? Yeah. I think wow. That, I, that's low. See, I think that's, I think that's a lot lower than I would. I, I mean, I would go like... 48%. I would You're say almost 50. saying guaranteed that. When you're saying 50%, you might as well say guaranteed that you think Clemson and Alabama are going to be in the national championship again. They could, they could, but for you to say 25%, that's low. To two of the best teams, to two best because teams in college football. That's, and that's just low. To, if, that's low. If Alabama and Cle- Now, here's the crazy question. We don't know if Alabama and Clemson are going to be one and two in the final rankings. Why wouldn't they? Well, couldn't Alabama lose? I don't. I don't see Alabama. What losing. if Alabama loses to LSU, or loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game, or loses a fluke game to Auburn, and they still make the playoffs, and they're the four seed now, and Clemson's the one seed now? Yeah, they're true. not making it. No, that is true. You so you have a point. And but I expect Alabama to cruise control, uh, go right through their. Uh, so you expect them to crush Auburn, not crush, crush LSU, every, no, not and crush Georgia in the not, SEC championship. Crush so every, you think they're just going to run I, through? I it. expect them to be in the national championship. I would say, and so. I think, and I think Clemson's schedule is going to hurt them because of not playing any competition, not to their level, but to at least halfway of their competition. Well, listen, you know what I mean? The best part of where football, Ohio State, the best part of football is going to be in November, where Ohio State still has to play Wisconsin, they still have to play Penn State, and Michigan, Michigan State, and Michigan. And all those teams. Georgia still has to play those teams. Auburn. LSU still has to play Alabama, Florida. Yes. Auburn. Alabama. Alabama. Alabama has to do the same thing. Clemson doesn't have to play anybody. So if I had to pick one of the teams out of those, of Clemson and Alabama, my I would lean towards Alabama. But you said, I know, but you just said both teams being in the playoffs. So. Yes. I'm in, in the finals. But I'm under 50%. All right. But if I had to lead going through, I would say Alabama's more likely. We than will see. We haven't oh, seen yeah, many upsets yet. 
Yeah. But there's a lot of football. We're not. We well, just started October. Well, week five. We well, just week started five. October. We will see. Everybody, have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week to discuss more. Danny Dimes, part two. What does he do against the Washington Redskins? Will we see Dwayne Haskins in postseason time? Who's going to be playing? Is it going to be the Ray? Hey, by we'll this see. time next week, we'll have the two wild card winners, and, and we'll the Yankees know will be playing. And the Yankees will be playing. We'll have a lot to talk about in baseball next week. It's an exciting time for us sports fans. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys of the City. If you did not get to check out the show, we are on Spotify and YouTube. Check us out. Everybody, we are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.